On today's show, the Dallas Mavericks get a win over the Philadelphia 76ers. Luka Doncic goes off, and I'm going to tell you why he's that man. That's all I got to say. He's that man. Talk about it on today's Lockdown Mavs. I'm Luka Doncic, and this is Lockdown Mavericks Podcast. Ah! And welcome. You are locked on to the Dallas Mavericks. My name is Nick Engstead, media member and NBA channel manager for the Lockdown Podcast Network. Thanks for making Lockdown Mavs your first listen every single day. We are free and available on all platforms, including YouTube, where you can see the beautiful American Airlines court behind me. I'm here at the game late night, 1243 a.m., Central time, Texas time. This game was absolutely wild, and Luka Doncic made it a show worth watching. That's what he does. He makes it a show worth watching. We'll break this whole game down. We'll talk about why he's incredible. We'll talk about that rim right there. You can see it on YouTube if you're watching this right now. There's still a bunch of guys messing around with this rim right here. If you're looking at it, there's just a uh, semicircle of people standing around like dads at a construction site. And they're just looking at this old rim. They have the the rim from the replacement basket taken off. So, but we'll take we'll talk about all that a little bit later. You can see it on YouTube if you just want to watch uh, guys look around at a <laughs> at a half broke rim. The Mavs get the win um, against the Philadelphia 76ers, 107 to 98. They hold another team under 100 points. But it was Luca. It was Luca that got this win. The Mavericks do not get anywhere close if Luca does not come out of the second half in the third quarter and just go absolutely berserk. He had 11 points, five boards, and four assists in the third quarter. He was a plus 17 in the quarter. He played the entire third quarter. He played all 12 minutes. He was a plus 17 in that in that quarter. That means when Luka was on the floor, the Mavericks were 17 points. The Mavericks gained 17 points in the score margin. <laughs> That's pretty nuts. We talk about plus minus a lot, but when you put it like that, in 12 minutes, Luka basically erased, you know, the deficit that the, the, the Mavericks had and gave him a lead in a huge, massive, massive way. And he came out, and it was different. First half, it was sluggish. It didn't really look like there was a whole lot going on with this team. The Mavericks were down. They lost both quarters. They didn't score 25 points in the first quarter. Their offense just seemed like it didn't. they didn't have it. Luca, you know, in the first half was you know 15 points, five boards, seven assists. You're like, okay, he had a, he had a good half. That's a good half for him. The stats are there. Just the rest of it wasn't. Embiid was doing anything he wanted. He had 18 points, nine boards, three assists, two steals. Embiid did in the first half. Embiid was doing anything he wanted. It was all over the place. And the second half, the Mavs came out different, and it started with Luca. He's the head of the snake. He's the leader. He's the one that steps up, and he's the one that makes things happen for the Dallas Mavericks, and he did in this one. And it was on a national stage. ESPN was here. They had all their people here. They had Richard Jefferson, who I was hoping he would dunk just one more time. Remember when old Richard Jefferson <laughs> dunked in a Mavs game? <laughs> it was incredible. Um, but they had, they had ESPN crew here. His national TV game pushed back. This was supposed to be uh, an earlier game, and then they pushed it back so they could flex it to put on national TV, to put on ESPN. And the Mavericks ended up making it an incredibly good show. An incredibly good show to watch. And it was Luca in the, that third quarter that came out. He was scoring, he was dishing, and he was just absolutely taking advantage in the pick and roll. It didn't matter if Joel Embiid was there. Embiid had some really good stops in this game. He had some really good defensive plays in this game. But in the third quarter, it didn't matter. <laughs> it didn't matter what anybody did in that quarter. Brunson helped in that third quarter. He had 11 points. And then Reggie Bullock, also, he had, a, he had 10 points, five of them on the free throw line. 
One of them, one of those free throws, I believe, was a, a technical foul that we'll talk about in just a little bit. But this was an absolutely massive game for the Mavericks. They needed this game after losing to the Magic and then the Thunder back in back-to-back games. They needed a game like this. They needed a game like this to say, "Hey, we can still play like this. We can still come out and defend in a way that we need to. We can still come out and score on teams when we need to." I think the Sixers team and this Mavs team have a lot of similarities. There's just a lot of things that are similar between both of these clubs. They have, you know, stars that everything revolves around. They have the, you know, uh, the polarizing. Let's put it that. Let's put it that way. Polarizing second star that is, you know, in and out of the lineup. Ben Simmons obviously way more out of the lineup than Porzingis is. They have this cast of characters that are just. Uh, they seem to be overpriced and then they overvalued and then undervalued like Tobias Harris, Danny Green, uh, you know, Dwight Powell, Tim Hardaway Jr., Jalen Brunson, Dorian Finney-Smith, Maxi Kleba, like all these guys seem to have, you know, they're either, either way overvalued or way undervalued. Um, and these teams both also, they rise and fall with the tide it seems like. Because the Sixers team was, everything was going well for them at the start. They were hitting, they were defending well. Joel Embiid was getting a ton of foul calls. There was an, a million foul calls in this game. A ton of foul calls in this game. I think they finished with, um, yeah, it, it just an incredible amount of it. They had uh, 27 fouls in the first half of this game. I look like I'm telling you guys a ghost story if you're watching this on YouTube because of my iPad brightness. Um, they had 20, 24 fouls called in the first half. 27 fouls, an incredible amount of fouls. There was just no pace to the game really at all. Finished the game with 40 total fouls called. That's insane. The average is 16. The average amount of fouls called in the game is 16, and there was 40 fouls called in this game. There was really no rhythm, no pace whatsoever. The first half was just brutal for the Mavs, and then Luka Doncic comes out in that that third quarter. The Mavs come out, and they look different. I wrote this down. Night and day different. Night and day different. Luka Doncic dunked. It was an incredible dunk early in the, in the third quarter, and we did not know we were getting a second one. Only Luka's second dunk of the year came at the beginning of that third quarter. The Mavs started to go on a run. They came out, they came out swinging, really. And then the Sixers take a timeout after the Mavs swing. They, they cut the lead to five. Joel Embiid gets blocked by Dwight Powell, which is somehow not a foul. It looked like a changing of the, of the tide for the, the referees as well. Dwight blocks Embiid. The Mavericks force a shot clock violation for the Sixers. Dwight gets fouled again. He scores two free throws. And then all of, a, all of a sudden, it just looked like the defense was night and day difference. This team, this Mavericks team, is learning how to be a really good defensive team because they haven't been. This team has been a you know below-average defensive team the last three years. last two years, I guess. Let's just say the Luka era. They've been a de- below-average defensive team. And they've prided themselves on defense this year. They've been top five for a lot of the year. And they have to learn how to be – a good defense like that, how to consistently be a good defense. And we're starting to learn how they do that. They went to a zone. Jason Kidd credited the zone after the game and said, you know, the zone was, was really working for us. The zone was what really helped us in, in this game. And I uh, gave credit to that as well, as a, you know, in a, in, a, in a big way. But it was Luca that, that made things work. It was Luca that, that kicked out to open shooters. It was Luca that basically just drew the entire – the entire focus of the Sixers team was just on Luka, and they could not stop him. It didn't matter what they did. It didn't matter who they put on him. Danny Green and, and Andre Drummond, when they went to the bench lineups, were just absolute toast <laughs> next to when, when, when Luka Doncic was in that pick and roll. Dwight Powell benefited a lot from Luka. 
in that pick and roll. He finished with 14 points. He was 6 of 6. He hit all of his, his dunks that you want and the layups and the putbacks. Um, and he, I thought Dwight Powell had a really good game in this one. We can talk about him a little bit later. But, um, but yeah, Luka Doncic put on a show for this for this crowd. He only hit one three. That was the thing also that between Joel Embiid and Luka Doncic, if you were watching this game, you know, as a Mavs fan, you look at Joel Embiid at the end of this game, and the last couple of plays were just Embiid chucks up a three. Embiid chucks up a three. Brunson gets a, you know, gets a rebound. Embiid chucks up a three. It was like three plays in a row. Embiid just said, let me just put this in my hands. Let me just end it. And it felt like what we've seen from Luka recently. But Luka was able to take advantage late in the game, and he came up big in multiple spots. I talked about that third quarter already, but the fourth quarter, the Mavericks um, had an 85-78 lead going into the fourth quarter. And then the Sixers came out and went on a 6-0 run to start the fourth quarter, and they cut the lead, the Mavericks' lead to one. And it just felt like the momentum completely shifted out of, out of the room. And it felt like the Sixers were getting back into the game. This was with their bench, and Bede wasn't even back yet, but it felt like the Sixers completely took the momentum away from the Mavericks. Jason Kidd called a timeout, a good one. Luka came back in the game. Philly continued their run. They went on an 11-0 run. Dallas calls another timeout with about six minutes left, and Bede comes back in then. And then it was just the Mavericks keeping and, and just milking all they could out of a five-point lead until then the last three minutes. Brunson gets a, you know, a, a really good out-of-timeout play where he gets a, a, you know, a catch and he just basically runs it like a running back and one against Curry. And Bede hits a three. Uh, Luka chucks up a three. Brunson gets the offensive rebound. Luka with the end one against Maxi, and that was basically the end of the game and how it went. So uh, it, was a, it was an incredible run for Luka, and I, I saved it for right now. Luka Doncic hit a, got a dunk against Andre Drummond, just completely yammed it on his face. With two minutes and 33, 35 seconds left in the third quarter. And it was probably the loudest I've ever heard the American Airlines Center. It was a Friday night. It was late. There was the weird delay with the rim that we'll talk about here in a minute. But Luca jammed it home, and all of a sudden the crowd just started standing on their feet. Some people didn't stop standing. Some people were probably really annoyed that there was people standing in front of him for a long time there. Um, but Luca, that's how he capped off that third quarter. It was just – it was electric. And it showed Luca with that dunk – the way that he was able to do it, the athleticism he was able to, to you know, showcase with that, he's back in better shape. That's huge. That's massive for Luca. We've been talking about all year. Does Luca look a little slow? Does Luca look a little bit like he's, uh, you know, bigger than we're used to? And now he's, and now he's just, uh, now he's back in shape, and he's dunking like that. Multiple dunks in a game. He only had one dunk the entire season, and he had two dunks in the second one. Late in, the third, late in the third quarter was just an athletic feat. We, when's the last time we talked about Luka having an athletic feat? Tim McMahon had the report that he's back down to his playing weight when he was a rookie. Uh, he doesn't look exactly like he did as a rookie. Isaac texted me a picture of, of Luka signing his contract when he was a rookie. And, uh, man, go look at that picture because Luka just looks completely different around the, the neck and the face and all that. Um, but it was, it, it, was, uh, it was showing that Luka in shape, being able to – to get up for plays like that, being able to dunk like that, being able to finish in the fourth quarter was absolutely massive. Coming up, let's get into the rest of this game. How did the Mavericks uh, play outside of that? Who else stepped up? Because it wasn't just Luka. Other guys in this game stepped up. And, of course, you can see the double rims still behind me on YouTube if you're watching. We'll talk about all that and everything that happened with the crazy replacement rims and all that on today's Lockdown Maps. 
All right, thanks for making Lockdown Mavs your first listen every single day. We are continuing our draft, our trade deadline dash. We'll continue to do a podcast. Not sure we're going to do one tomorrow, though. There hasn't been a ton of rumors, but we got a post-game pod for you every single day, and uh, you can subscribe to the YouTube channel and get that and also on the podcast feed as well. Other guys stepped up in this game. It wasn't just Luka alone. Jalen Brunson had some moments. He played 38 minutes. He had 19 points, five boards, four assists. He was huge. He stepped up as a star in that third quarter when Luca, um, you know, when the Mavs needed to go on that run. He stepped up in a he stepped up in a way that the Mavericks absolutely needed him. The way the last couple of games, though, I've been hard on him, saying you got to step up if you want to be a 20 million dollar player. You have to step up in these moments, and he did. He was taking advantage of Tyrese Maxey all over the place in the pick and roll. And those guys traded buckets. Him and Maxey, they play a very similar game in the fact that they can. They can hit the ball from all angles off the rim. They just they were able to to finish anywhere anywhere that they want. They're able to just you know finish these like really long out extended layups with their arm, and uh, they can finish like that. And they just were trading buckets a lot. But I think Jalen Brunson got the better of Tyrese Maxey in this game. Um, Tyrese Maxey finished this game with uh, with 18 points of his own. But I thought that Brunson's 19, even though it was only one more point, I thought it mattered a little bit more um, for the Mavericks in, in the win. Brunson was huge. Brunson was absolutely massive. Reggie Bullock. I don't have the drop, but I'll just go ahead and I'll just go ahead and do it audibly. I have to apologize. He thought like he should play more. Yeah. He started in the starting lineup with, since Maxi was out. Maxi Kleba was out. Obviously, Chris Porzingis is still out. Tim Hardaway Jr. is still out. But Reggie Bullock stepped in, hit four threes, and all of them were big. Every single one of them. Every single one of those threes were big, and they needed them. He finished with 20 points. He had six. Um, he hit six free throws as well throughout the entire game, and that was absolutely massive for the Mavericks. He had 20 points. <laughs> the Mavericks have been looking for okay, who's going to give us 20? Who's another player that can fill us? That can fill it up every fourth game or so? The Tim Hardaway Jr. You know to fill his spot, and Reggie Bullock has done that every every you know every couple games here. If they can keep getting that, then that's going to be massive for this team. Bullock also had some incredible defensive plays. He was really trying hard on, on defense. That's what he prides himself on. And uh, he looked so gassed at the end of the game. I was watching the huddle, and, and Reggie Bullock was just, like, wincing and panting and just going into the huddle at the end of the game saying, man, he basically just gave him his all. And that's what the Mavs need out of him. Him and Dorian on defense, they have to be after it. They have to be rotating the way that – um, a really good defensive team does. They have to be rotating back to shooters. They have to be flying around the court. They have to be following, you know, cut, you know, following the pass almost with their defense. And they were. Bullock was big. Dorian Finney-Smith hit three threes. He had three steals, and those were all pretty big too. 13 points for him. Uh, both those, I mean, those guys were seven of 19 from three. That doesn't sound very good. Seven of 19. That's not, you know, it's not 50 percent, but that's a good percentage. If those guys are hitting threes and no one else hit threes, Luca was one of six, Brunson was one of four, Frank Nilakino was one of three, um, Josh Green missed one, Marquise Chris missed one. That was all the threes for the Mavs. <laughs> they only took 34. They were 10 of 34. Seven of them came from, from Finney Smith and Bullock, and they absolutely need those. They absolutely need those, and they got them in this game tonight. Uh, but it was a defense that really stepped up, and I got to give Dwight Powell some credit. I have to give Dwight Powell some credit because I thought he did a decent job. He finished with five fouls. I don't know if he earned all five of those fouls, but he was was doing well, you know, against Joel Embiid. They did throw a lot of help and a lot of traps on Joel Embiid. They had to. You just can't guard Dwight Powell with 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 uh, Joel Embiid one on one. 
you're just not gonna that's not gonna go well for you if you're if you're the team defending. Um, but yeah. We got a Bobon sighting. That was the crowd got absolutely up on their feet and they were excited for that. Uh, Josh Green I thought played some some decent minutes, but he had um, seven boards and didn't score. He missed a three. He didn't really attempt any other field goals. But let's get into the um, let's get into this <laughs> let's get into this weird thing that happened. This weird delay of game. This super long 30, 40 minute delay of game that that happened. So the first quarter they play about they play about five minutes. Luca hits a three, and then all of a sudden. He sees something, and he's just pointing and gesturing and looking at all the refs, and he's, he's going back down on defense to his credit, but he's just going all over the place trying to, trying to get someone's attention and tell somebody, hey, the rim, the rim, the rim, the rim. And he kept doing this thing with his hand, sort of like showing the level of the rim and saying it's off kilter, like it's, you know, it's tilted, the rim is tilted. And he was just going insane, going nuts about this. And so they went over and checked, and everybody basically gathered around you know, half court, and they were looking, and then Marquise Chris went up, and he jumped up and tried to fix it. You know, he grabbed onto the rim and, and kind of shook it and, and, you know, tried to get it back to where it was level. And then the refs were saying, Boban, go out there, and Boban got out there and got on his toes and <laughs> from the ground and just uh, tried to adjust it. And then obviously that wasn't working, and we were just kind of sitting around for a while saying, man, is this is there something wrong with this rim? They, a guy came out with a ladder and a level. There's pictures all over the place. I'm sure you saw some of the highlights. I guess it's a highlight. Maybe it's not a, maybe it's not a highlight. But he came out, and, and he tried to fix the rim, and so he was leveling the rim off, and they had to tape measure the floor to make sure it was right. And then they, they felt like it was okay. And then Luca came back to half court, looked at it, said no it's it's not good it's not good he came back to the bench put on his warm-up and then they brought out um they eventually after time and time waiting they brought out the spare rim and that's the one you can see behind me right now if you're looking on youtube you can see this spare rim is the one that they, that is in the spot of the, where the rim is in right now then you have the other guys working on the original rim and they're trying to put it back but it takes a long time to hook up that rim because you think about all the things going on with it there's cameras on the rim. There's the shot clock. There's the you know the shot clock, and then there's the actual game clock on the rim. There's the you know the lights with the the shot clock that that go on there. There's all kinds of things you got to hook up, and it has to be actually it has to be perfectly synced with everything, so you cannot mess up plugging in this rim. I don't think it's I don't think there's just one plug you plug in. So it took them a while to do this, and everyone's just sitting waiting because no one wanted to leave their seats in the American Airlines Center because. What if they just start the game back? Like, what if all of, all of a sudden it starts? We don't know when it was going to start. And if you're out in the line getting concessions, you may, you know, you may be, um, you may miss out. And so everybody's just sitting around waiting and waiting and waiting around and trying to figure out what's going on and figure out, okay, when is, you know, when are we actually going to going to start this game again? Game started. It was already a late start. Started at 9 p.m. Texas, you know, Dallas, Texas time. And by by 10:30. This, the first quarter had ended. <laughs> it was an hour and a half, basically an hour and a half quarter because of that huge stop in the middle to try and fix the rim. They, you know, they obviously brought out the, the spare rim. They put it up, and then the teams warmed up again. They got five minutes to warm up, so they're back at layup lines. They're shooting, and it just feels like the start of a game, but the score was already up. The, the, they already both had double digits. It was uh, at, that, at that point in the game, it was already like, you know, 14 – it was already uh, – was it 15, 6, 15 17? Um, the Sixers were already up. And, uh, but after the game, Reggie Bullock talked about that, 
that stoppage, and he said, "We got we got time to to talk to talk about how to defend Embiid and to talk about how to, um, you know, to best attack this." And we didn't see it the rest of that first half, but maybe some of that talking that they got to do helped in that second half when they really were able to take advantage of it. Now, so they replaced the rim, and then the Mavs went. <laughs> the Mavs missed their next ten shots at that rim. So I don't know if Luca regrets telling everybody that the rim was crooked because the Mavs came out, but uh, it ended up working out because in the second half, the Mavs got to shoot on a different rim because they switched sides, and then it ended up working out for the Mavericks when they got the win uh, on the original rim <laughs> and all that. So that's what happened in Dallas. That's all. That's what we saw from our seats. Everyone was, was sitting waiting, and it sort of happened because Luca hit a three and saw that the rim was tilted. So uh, wild, wild, weird game. Tim Cato and I were talking about what are the other big, you know, stoppages and uh, things that we remember. Um, Iztok Franco was here at Heat from Slovenia, and he mentioned that um, the the Manu Ginobili bat game where he gra- where he caught the bat in midair, that was one. Um, Tim Cato mentioned that in, during Summer League one year there was an earthquake. I remember that game. Um, there was a game that I remember that was, uh, I think it was in Minnesota where there was water on the court. That was a long stoppage in Minnesota. But this has got to be one of the weirdest, longest stoppages of play where the rim is tilted it's on national tv and everybody's sitting around waiting and then everybody comes back but but yeah so this game was was wild Luka Doncic took over he was absolutely huge the weird stoppage for the rim the incredible amount of fouls there was just seemed like at times there was no um there's no rhythm to the game 40 fouls total um were called in this game that's an incredible amount of fouls um, but the Mavericks were able to take it home. They were able to get this win. They got another one coming up against the the Hawks on Sunday. That's another big game for the Mavs. Every game right now it feels like it's big for the Mavs because if you look at the standings, the Mavs don't have a lot of wiggle room. They don't have a lot of room to, to mess around and, and not get wins. And that's why those those losses against the um, losses against the Magic and the Thunder matter a lot for the Mavericks and why they were they were so tough. Um, the Mavericks right now, if we take a look at the, the Western Conference standings. They're not as tight as the Eastern Conference standings. Those Eastern Conference standings are uh, the top of them. They're all within one game. So the Sixers really messed up losing this game um, that they kind of had at several points they could have had back. But the Browns right now are they're, they're fighting for their lives. They want to they stay out of the, the play-in. And uh, now we go to the trade deadline. Trade deadline's coming up this week, and we'll see if the Mavs make a move. Uh, Nico Harrison was on the broadcast, so I'll go back and, and listen to that and see if there's anything we can take from that. Uh, I did hear on there that he was talking about we just keep reassessing and reassessing this team. Hopefully they don't – I don't know if they do it game to game like we do, but uh, but this team but this team does need to make some kind of move. We'll see if they do. There you go. That's this game. The Mavericks get a win, a good one, and an incredible electric atmosphere in the American Airlines Center. Uh, you can see the ladder is back. If you're watching on YouTube, they're fix, They're trying to fix the rim again still. Uh, I don't know how long they're going to keep fix, trying to fix it, but um, it was longer than this podcast that <laughs> they were trying to fix it after the game. But, guys, thanks so much for listening to the show. Subscribe. Uh, go ahead and listen to the other shows on the network. Locked on NBA has great stuff every single day. We have a show about every single team. Guys, thanks so much for listening to Locked on Mavs. Peace out. Boom.